bitch. Is that better? Is bitch better? Is bitch better? Is bitch better? Hey, bitches. Welcome back to another episode of Bitches Better. I'm your host, Raven, and I am feeling testy today. <laughs> so y'all better buckle the fuck up, okay? You might even want to have a drink or something to calm your nerves if you can, because I know I am, all right? <laughs> now, what am I drinking, you ask? I'm sipping on a blood orange spritz, which is my favorite cocktail to make with Bravazzi hard Italian soda. Not only is it refreshing and delicious, but it's also all natural and gluten free. So just whip one up for yourself and we can pretend that we're at happy hour and the blood orange spritz is the drink of the day. Also, I mean, not only are Bravazzi hard Italian sodas delicious, but two bad bitches own the business. So make Ramona proud by supporting these women and get yourself some Bravazzi. Okay. All right. So now I need to tell y'all about what I've been watching lately outside of my regular shows. So over the past week, I've been binging Are You the One and X on the Beach. People have told me for the longest time to watch them and I finally did it. And wow, I'm upset that I slept on them for so long. Like, although I mean, no dating show will ever come close to Love Island UK, which is supposed to be returning this summer, by the way. Um, But yeah, I really enjoyed them. So first I watched X on the Beach and it had a bunch of random reality TV stars on there. And I was like, oh, okay, this is my shit. Um, Next season, please. And guess what? They only had one season on um, the CBS All Access app. So I was like, okay, let me go over to the MTV app and see if they have the rest there. Nope. They actually had no seasons. So I was like, what the fuck? And you know, I was just so desperate to watch more. So (laughs) I went on Amazon and I bought the second season. (laughs) Like that's how badly I wanted to watch it. It It's so good. And it was worth it too. Um, But all of the seasons of Are You the One are on the CBS app though. For those of you who don't know, X on the Beach is a dating show where they get these reality TV stars together in this house, and they think they're just going to be on a dating show, like just dating each other. But every few days, their exes show up. So you can imagine the drama that that brings, okay? Um, And there's no prize or anything at the end. They just win love. <laughs> Stupid, but it's good. Um, but are you but with Are You the One, they get 10 guys and 10 girls in a house and they've each been matched up by experts. That's in quotes. <laughs> so they have a perfect match in this house, but they don't know who it is. So they have to try and figure out who their match is. So each week they pair up with who they think their matches are. And if they get it right, they all win a million dollars. So fifty thousand dollars each. But they have to get all 10 right. And that's an issue because, you know, some people pair up and they start really liking each other. And then they go into the truth booth and find out that they're not a match. And then they continue, you know, fucking around with each other, knowing that they're not a match. So they're wasting everyone's time and risking the money. It's really good. So if you haven't watched it, you absolutely should. And you don't really have to pay close attention to it either. Like it's it's that kind of show. Um, also, what I just watched today is a show called Generation and it's on HBO Max. It's like a teen drama. It gives me like euphoria vibes, but like tamer, if that makes sense. It's really good though. Um, they just put out three episodes. So there are three episodes up now and new episodes will come out on Thursdays, I believe it said. So check that out if you have HBO Max. It's really good. Okay. Now for some news. Um, 
So apparently Tom Girardi has Alzheimer's. Um, This is a headline that I saw earlier today. So a psychiatrist told the court that because of the Alzheimer's, you know, he can't understand or participate in any of the um, upcoming court hearings. Now, listen, I, I hate to say this, but I'm not sure I believe it. Like, I know he's old and everything, so it's definitely a possibility, but like the timing just seems too convenient. And I just don't trust him after all the slick shit and like scamming he's been doing throughout the years, you know? I don't know. That's just me. Also, uh, Peter, Cynthia's ex-husband from Atlanta and Apollo, Phaedra's ex-husband, are flipping houses together now. Um, <laughs> Peter posted a weird video about it on his Instagram, and I'm sorry, but the whole thing has scam written all over it, <laughs> all over it. Like, I just do not trust them at all, and I feel like they're up to no good. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but like, I don't think so, <laughs> but we'll see. Um, all right, that's it for the news. Let's move on to bad bitch, horrible bitch. And let me just take a little sip of my drink here. Because, (laughs) okay, I'm just going to get right into it. I'm going to start with horrible. Okay, I've got a handful of horrible bitches today. And I'm going to try my hardest to keep this short. But I'm really fired up about this. So I can't make any promises. Okay, just walk with me here. First up, Bethany Frankel. Um, I'm sure that y'all have seen her tweets by now. But if you haven't, I'll go ahead and read them to you. So she tweeted these on uh, Sunday, like right before the Megan and Oprah interview was coming out. So she says, cry me a river, the plight of being a game show host, fairly unknown actress to suffering in a palace with tiaras and seven figure weddings for two whole years in all caps to being a household name with Oprah on speed dial fetching $7 million for interviews, hundreds of millions in media deals. Okay. So after that one, you know, people were dragging her, right? So she just continues on because that's what she does, right? So then she says, I 100% give Harry a break. This isn't the way to generate less press and cannot be filed under the guise of wanting privacy to prevent a repeat of previous events. If you hate me for saying it here, just don't listen to my podcast. It's littered with my opinion. Like, girl, fuck off. Okay. It keeps going. So the next one says, I chose reality TV to work towards making money to be scrutinized and criticized. I took the trappings and the beatings along with it. It's a rose with petals and thorns. People beg to enter the often toxic institution I signed up for. That was the life I chose. You can't play stupid and smart. (sighs) All right. (laughs) And now for the last one. So this is after she's watched the interview. I watched the Mary and Mary, who's Mary? I watched the Megan and Harry sit down. Emotional distress and racism must feel suffocating and powerless. I'm a polarizing, unfiltered, often to a fault, flawed person with a voice. When I heard of the interview during a pandemic, it felt like a surprising choice. I'm sorry if it hurt or offended you. Okay. 
So the fact that Bethany opened up her mouth about this whole Megan Harry Oprah situation and was so loud and so wrong with it, it's just truly astonishing. And then to compare Megan's horrible, horrible, horrible situation to hers as a fucking reality TV person is wild. Like the audacity, the disrespect, I can't. And then after the interview that she, of course, she watched it, even though she was talking all that shit, right? She comes through with this weak ass, like housewives ass apology talking about, sorry, if I hurt or offended you, girl, bye. You could fuck right off. That's why everyone is dragging your ass right now. Like you, Ramona was right. You, you don't support other women. And you have a strange obsession with trying to put black women in their place. It's very fucking weird. And you have to stop. Next up. Juliet from uh, Ladies of London. I don't know what her last name is. It's not important. Y'all know who I'm talking about. And if you don't, that's okay, too. She's just a dumb bitch. So she basically was doing the same thing as Bethany with a little, it's not always about race. Stop making it about race. And like, she's lying, like sprinkled on top. Stop saying that shit. I got news for you, bitch. Black people and people of color are not the ones that make it about race. Okay, it's white people that have done that. White people like you keep saying this dumb shit. We would love nothing more than for things to not be about race all the time. We'd fucking love it. That's why we're, you know, marching in the streets and, you know, protesting about it, you dumb bitch. And you want to sit there and talk about like, oh, well, why wouldn't they say the names if you had the conversation about baby Archie's skin color? And like made it seem like it was an issue. Now, I know you're dumb, but you can't be that dumb. Look at how those people treated Megan for just simply existing. She didn't even do anything. She just was there. You think she'd make up the fact that she experienced racism and that she no longer wanted to live? Fuck you. This is why I and many others hate sharing our personal experiences when it comes to that shit. People love They love to dismiss and fight Black women, Black people, people of color on their lived experiences with racism. And it's bullshit. It's bullshit. (sighs) Okay, last one. Uh, Sharon Osbourne. So Miss Sharon was out here defending Piers Morgan, you know, that pile of shit that did nothing but bully Megan for years. Um, And she was like, I'm with you. I stand by you. People forget that you're paid for your opinion and that you're just speaking your truth. So she promptly got dragged after tweeting that shit. So then, and she's on the talk, um, Cheryl Underwood was trying to explain to her dumb, ignorant ass why people were upset with her for saying the things that she said and supporting Piers Morgan. And... Then her white fragility entered the chat. She immediately got defensive and angry. She's yelling at Cheryl. She was yelling at her to educate her, which is not Cheryl's job. Um, Told her she better not cry. If anyone was going to cry, it should be her. And she tells Cheryl that she needs to be apologizing to her. It was infuriating. Like my blood is boiling again just thinking about it. If y'all haven't seen that clip or watched the talk or whatever, look it up. Maybe not if you're black or a person of color, because it's triggering as fuck. Um, But all the while, Cheryl is just cool as a cucumber, because she has to be, right? 
We can't show emotion like that. Can you imagine if Cheryl reacted the way that Sharon did? If she was talking to her that way, she'd be the angry, aggressive black woman. It just makes me so fucking mad. I'm like so sick of having to like, like just say the same shit over and over again. Like it's exhausting and it's infuriating. Um, so in conclusion, all these dumbass, ignorant ass bitches should have just sat there and ate their food, but instead they chose to be loud and wrong so they can all go to hell. Now, my bad bitch is Meghan Markle, obviously, for her bravery and opening up about her experiences, knowing the type of scrutiny she'd be under and like all of the judgment she'd receive afterwards. Um, it's truly incredible. I don't know how she did it. Like I'd literally go into hiding and no one would ever see or hear from me again. No joke. Also, Oprah for, you know, doing the interview and just being the queen that she is, giving us so many <laughs> reaction photos and memes to work with. Um, and also Harry for popping in because he's cute and we love him. Whew. That was a lot, y'all. <laughs> okay, let's let's have some fun now. <laughs> let's talk about below deck sailing. Okay, so we got the season premiere um, last week, and it was cool. Um, nothing noteworthy really happened, but like I do have a few thoughts. So first of all, why is Glenn still here? We've got an entirely new crew, but we're left with Glenn's dopey ass. Like, why? <laughs> y'all, I'm sorry, but I don't like him. Our spirits just do not agree. I just feel like something is off about him. And he just doesn't give me like captain energy. And I'm not interested in a captain that doesn't give off captain energy. Feel me? <laughs> so yeah, that was disappointing to me. And it makes me even more excited <laughs> for the boat crashing into the dock later <laughs> in this season. <laughs> I'm sorry, but y'all know I've been waiting to see that happen. And he is the perfect person for it to happen to. So I guess it's not all bad that he's there. Okay. Second thing is uh, John Luke, the tall guy. He's six seven. Uh, the man is so tall, he can't even fit into his bed. And like, I'm shocked that he would even agree to do a job like this, knowing about how cramped the living quarters are, you know, like, I'm concerned about the space. And I'm only 5'9". Like, that's cramped for people who aren't super tall. So this shit is just wild to me. Like, if I can't fit in my bed, I'm out. I'm sorry. Also, uh, there were hints that he is not great at his job. <laughs> so we'll keep an eye out for that. Um, and the the chef and the chief stew have already had a little tip. So <laughs> we'll keep an eye out on that situation as well. But the chef, I mean, she seems like she's really good at her job. That food is looking good. So yeah. Um, now, <laughs> these guests are obnoxious. Okay, all of them, all of them, except for the primary lady, because even her husband is a drunk fool. They were so rude during that dinner when she was talking about like her dad that had passed away. They were like ignoring her, talking over her and just being obnoxious. And I'm just like, what the fuck? This this whole trip is literally to honor her dad. But yes, please continue being drunk assholes while she's trying to talk about him. Yes, keep doing that. So the next day, um, the guests are playing in the water or whatever. And now two of them are missing. <laughs> 
they went, it's not funny. They went out on the paddle boards and now they've just been gone for an hour and a half. No one knows where they are. So John Luke, and it's, it was his job to keep an eye on them. He's supposed to be babysitting them. Um, so he goes out to look for them and he finally finds them and they're just like, Oh, hey, yes, we just went for a hike. <laughs> it's like, Oh, you went for a hike? It would have been amazing if you let someone know that <laughs> because we literally thought you were dead, but I'm glad you had fun on your hike. Okay. So they, um, now it's like later that night and they're having an, an 80s rock themed dinner. Why? (laughs) I just, I don't get this. Okay. Would y'all do a theme night if you were on a yacht or would you just like get dressed and just have a dinner? Because I would be doing the latter. Like, I don't care to have a theme for my dinner and my beach picnic or anything. Like, you'd be lucky to get me in real clothes in this type of situation, okay? Like, I'm either in a bikini or a little sundress, and that's it. I'm chilling. I'm not doing my hair or makeup either. You can forget that. (laughs) So anyway, everyone is in their 80s rock outfits, crew included, and... The third stew, Allie, is moving very slowly when it comes to her turndowns. So Daisy told her it should take her about an hour. (laughs) And an hour and a 45 minutes later, she's still not done with the turndown. So this is an issue because now the guests are done with dinner and they're trying to like get into their rooms and unwind. And (laughs) Allie's ass is still sitting there messing with a vacuum. And I'm just like, oh, God, (laughs) you got to pick it up, Allie. I mean, the room looked like a mess to begin with, but still, pick up the pace, honey. <laughs> so so after dinner, um, everyone on the deck crew has gone to bed, and John Luke is on the night shift by himself, and he is looking for cushion covers or something, and he can't find them. So instead of, you know, just looking for them some more, he decides he should go and wake up Gary, his boss, who is bunking with Captain Glenn to ask where they are, but Gary's in the shower. So then he goes to wake Sydney up with this bullshit. Like it's insane. So now they're all running all over the boat looking for these covers. And it turns out they were in something called the bilge. Don't know what that is. (laughs) Whatever. Um, remember when I said there were hints that John Luke was bad at his job? (laughs) If what happened the night before was any indication of that, um, he also didn't do what he was supposed to do on deck. So Sydney ended up having to do it and Gary noticed and he was like, okay, cool. So now I have to check up on his ass. Got it. Then we have a pita bread scandal at breakfast. So the guests are eating this pita bread and they run out. So Daisy tells Natasha that they want some more. And Natasha's like, really? Like I gave them 20. That's wild. And Daisy was like, no, you didn't send up 20 pieces of pita. And Natasha was like, um, yes, the fuck I did. And Daisy was like, no, you didn't. And Natasha was like, bitch, I made them. I know I did. Okay. And I was just like, oh my God. Okay. It actually doesn't matter. The point is the guests want more. So just make more, please. Thank you. I hate it when people get hung up on shit like that. Like stop arguing and get the pita bread going. We can argue about it later if you'd like, but right now is not the time. Ugh. So the guests are happy and, you know, they leave and they left a $22,500 tip, which is $2,500 each, which is amazing. I feel like that's the largest tip we've seen on Below Deck. I don't, I don't know. I could be wrong. But, um... <laughs> Then Gary offers to let Jean-Luc um, trade bunks with him because his is longer. He like measured it and he was like, my bed's longer if you want to trade, you know, because he said he hasn't been able to sleep because he can't fit in the bed. 
And John Luke is like, oh, no, no, thank you. Um, If it becomes a problem, I'll let you know. Honey, you already said it was a problem. That's why he is offering to trade. So (laughs) this man decides that not sharing a bunk with the captain is more important than getting sleep. Can't relate. Like, (laughs) couldn't be me. Wouldn't be me. So naturally, Gary is like, what the fuck? You make no sense, but okay. Um, (laughs) I mean, I'm not sure that this offer is going (laughs) to stand for much longer, but we'll see. So they can't go off the boat for a night out. And I'm wondering if that's because of COVID. I don't know when this was filmed. They didn't really mention it, but I'm assuming that's what it is. Um, So they are having their crew night out on the boat and everyone is ready to get loose. Okay, everyone. Side note, when I was in college, people called uh, me and my friends the Get Loose crew because because we would do just that. (laughs) We were a fun group of bitches, okay? So anyway, um, I said that to say, I plan on calling these people the Get Loose crew, okay? The Get Loose crew uh, 2.0. So they start drinking and they're like getting into the hot tub and they start getting loose and I'm here for it. You know, they are giving me everything that last season of Below Deck didn't. And no shade to them because I loved the season, but they just weren't getting wild and like hooking up enough for me. Like this is Below Deck for God's sakes. Also, I love Daisy's bathing suit and I need that. Um. Anyway, Sydney and Allie start making out. <laughs> And then Allie and Gary are doing a lot of close talking. So I'm like waiting for them to make out. Then Natasha says she has never used a vibrator before. And she continues on to say that she also hasn't had sex in five years. So I'm like, okay, so no sex or vibrators. (laughs) Lucy, you got some splaining to do. Like, why not? (laughs) Are you okay? Because wow. So She says that the guys of this generation are just dumb and she is sick of giving herself to the wrong guy. And I was like, okay, I respect that. Couldn't be me, but I respect it. Also, Allie then offers to have sex with her. She's like, I'll have sex with you if you want. She was like, no, thank you. So then Sydney and Gary go hide under a blanket on deck and they start messing around. And I'm just like, oh my God, we're just all over the place here, but I love it. So then everyone goes to their rooms and Gary's drunk ass is making his rounds. And he's like, why are y'all going to bed? Why is everyone going to bed? And everyone just blows him off. So then Gary and Sydney end up going into a guest cabin. And I said, oh my God, because, okay, if he's the bosun or the first mate or whatever it's called on this sailing boat, um, does that count as like asking for permission to go into a guest cabin or do they still need to be asking the captain? Like, is this going to be a repeat of Elizabeth and James or what? Like, I don't, (laughs) I don't know. Although Glenn, Glenn doesn't seem like he'd actually care. Like he's very laid back. So who knows? Anyway, this episode was amazing and I am really looking forward to the next one. All right, moving on to Dallas. So Brandy is back with her bullshit. She is holding herself back around Tiffany because she's trying to do the right thing and be careful. So translation, she's racist. And now that Tiffany is around, she can't make her racist jokes anymore. And she's nervous that one might slip out. So Stephanie says it has nothing to do with Tiffany, but it's more on Brandy and the shame and guilt she feels for the video that she made. No shit. 
why don't you say that to Brandy and not just in your confessionals? That would be helpful. And again, Tiffany is apologizing and being nice to Brandy, and I just don't understand it. Like, that could not be me, but she's truly an angel. So then Carrie has the bright idea for all the ladies to jump into the lake together. And I'm like, ew, I would not. It's dark. I can't see. I'm not fond of water that I can't really see through. I don't know what's in there. So anyway, Cam says she's going to take off her $2,000 sandals before they do that. And I said, hmm. So now who's bragging about money and what they have? Because a normal person would just remove their shoes without an announcement. (laughs) You don't need to say anything. Just take your fucking shoes off. So Tiffany hates the water and she doesn't swim, but she jumps into the lake anyway because it's Carrie's birthday and she wants to be a good sport. How long are we going to celebrate Carrie's birthday, by the way? Because because we've been doing it for a long time. It seems since this show came on, it's been Carrie's birthday. And I just feel like that's enough. Anyway, so after they jump in, um, Tiffany gets out immediately and she goes into shower because she's just done. She's reached her limit. Like, she has been nice and she has been a good sport. And these bitches are just treating her like shit, with the exception of Deandra. So they're all like, oh, no, like, she's upset. What's going on? And you know, Tiffany's like, it's fine. I'm just tired. And she starts crying and they're like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Like, they're so fucking clueless. I can't. They've been picking on her (laughs) this entire time. And then she has to deal with Brandy and her white fragility coming at her. And she's been doing it all with a smile, by the way. So yeah, this bitch is drained (laughs) emotionally, physically, all of that. So leave her alone. So then Cam, Steph, and Brandy are all talking, and Cam is like, I know it's tough to be new in the group, but she needs to put her walls down. Um, no the fuck she doesn't, okay? She's been trying, and look at how y'all treat her. She needs to build the shit back up, actually. And then Stephanie's like, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, she has gotten it at least, she's gotten at least one thing from us every day. Yeah, exactly. So fucking apologize and lay off. So the next morning, Tiffany leaves early without saying anything to anyone. And I don't blame her. I don't blame her one bit. Okay. So, you know, they're all like, oh, where is she? Why would she do that? What's going on? And Deandra's like, well, she's fucking upset. Y'all know that. She said it. Like, you saw her crying last night. What are you talking about? And then Brandy starts talking about her shit again. And Carrie was like, I think you're putting your issues on her. And Brandy says nothing. And I just want to know why Carrie and Stephanie wouldn't say something to Brandy like in the moment while she was coming for Tiffany at the dinner on the boat. You know what I mean? Like if they have a full understanding of why she's doing what she's doing. So you just sit there silently. You don't do that any other time when there's a confrontation. So it's weird. It's fucking weak. I don't like it. So um, everyone goes back home finally. So this trip is over. And uh, Carrie's daughter is talking to Stephanie about her anxiety and depression and having suicidal thoughts because Stephanie has dealt with all of those things in the past. And Olivia says it's really helpful to talk to her. So that's that's really nice. Then we see my girl, Mama D. She's back. So she goes over to Deandra's house and Deandra's telling her all about the Austin trip and how Tiffany was getting upset. And Mama D was like, well, yeah, because she's stressed 
And Deandra, of course, has to play stress Olympics and be like, well, we all have stressful lives. And Mama D, (laughs) she shut the shit down, okay? She was like, no, no, you're not stressed like that. She is responsible for saving lives. That's next level. And Deandra was like, well, I was trying to tell the girls that, but they just keep saying they all have stress. Okay, I find that hard to believe since you literally just said we all have stress. <laughs> so I don't think that that's what you said, but go off. So then um, Mama D was like, listen, these bitches don't even work. All they do is shop all day. And she thinks that the girls are jealous. And I don't like to automatically go to a place of like, oh, they're jealous. But I do think that there's some of that going on, you know? She's successful and, you know, she has done all of this on her own. And I think that's intimidating to them in a way. But, you know, who knows? So then uh, we see Tiffany and Carrie together. Carrie has invited her over to her house to talk. And she says that Brandy's issues are hers and no one else's. And then she's like, but also, why did you leave without saying bye? That was rude. And Tiffany was like, because I just didn't want to deal with the situation and like have a conversation about it again. You know, simple as that. And Carrie agrees to be softer. Tiffany agrees to open up more. Fine, whatever. (laughs) Whatever. They've made up for now. I don't think it's going to last, though. So uh, then we see Deandra. She's like getting ready for this shaman event or something that she is hosting at her house. And um, (laughs) Tiffany brought some of her candles for everyone. And I want some of those. Like, I want the candles. I need them. Um, That's not important. I just had to share that with y'all. But I want those fucking candles. Um, And then Brandy asked to talk to Tiffany. And then we get a to-be-continued moment. And I'm just like, Brandy better, she better come correct. But I feel like she won't. Because why would she? She's a piece of shit. All right, let's move on to New Jersey. So everyone's outside and they're having breakfast and Teresa's looking at shirtless photos of Tony, the fine ass pool guy. And then she calls him and she's like, what's up with these photos you're posting on Instagram? And he was like, oh, you like that? And she was like, she was like, yeah. And then they start doing some like heavy duty flirting and I fully supported it and I really enjoyed seeing it. And I couldn't help but wonder like, how did Teresa end up with whoever her new man is? and not Tony. Like, no offense to her new man, but, you know, I don't know him. (laughs) And, you know, we know Tony, and we lust after him. So, I just need some answers, okay? Someone uh, DM Tree and ask her how this happened. (laughs) So... While they're having breakfast, the whole Jackie thing comes up again, of course, because Teresa brings it up. And she says that she has been thinking about everything and she is even more madder now. And if Jackie was there, she would have drowned her. <laughs> Teresa Judice, everybody. Um, so then Dolores comes through being relatable when some of the girls were kayaking and she was like, do I feel the need to do something active? I don't. And I was like, Okay, same. (laughs) I have had that same thought for mm, the past year now. So relatable content. So then Marge brings up Tony and Teresa's like, no, like he's not for me. He's just my friend. And Marge is like, well, I think you should sleep with him just one time. And I think so too. But Teresa's like, no, not happening. I'll meet someone when the time is right. And she did, which is nice. Like if she's happy, I'm happy. I just wish it was Tony, but you know. 
So then Jen pulls Melissa aside to tell her what um, that Michelle lady said about Joe, which was that Joe never paid Michelle's husband for the Growing with Gorga event. And he owes her uh, husband tens of thousands of dollars. So Melissa was like, pardon? Why would my husband split the Grow with Gorga money 50-50 with someone else? Like, that's insane. And actually, that makes sense. Like, why would he split it 50-50 with anyone when it's his shit? But like, who knows what he agreed to, you know? But on the other hand, who even knows with this Michelle bitch? Like, she could be lying too. We don't know her. But um, Melissa takes it well and she doesn't shoot the messenger, which is something housewives in general tend to do. Um, She's just like, thank you for telling me. And then they go inside and she tells everyone else. And she was like, Teresa, did you know about this? Your girl's talking shit about your brother at Evan's party. And Teresa was like, oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Like, she literally does not care. And Melissa was like, so you don't have a problem with this? And Teresa was like, no, I don't know what Joe does with his business or his money. Teresa is so interesting. Like, when she'll get mad about people talking shit about her family and, like, when she will, you know? She doesn't care if they talk about her brother. Like, it makes no sense to me. So, Melissa calls Joe and she tells him about it. And he's like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, mm-mm, that's not what happened. And, okay, here's what he said went down. He said he and this man had an agreement. They do the event. The man sends Joe a bill and Joe paid for it. And then months later, the man comes back and he's like, oh, how much money did you make at that thing? And I guess because the event made more money than he expected, he thought he'd try and get more money after the fact. So that's what happened, according to Joe. So then Melissa comes back and she's like, Teresa, you were always bringing these kooks around us. And <laughs> and that's true. OK, uh, look at Danielle. So then we see uh, Jackie hanging out with her brother and he's basically telling her to get over the whole rumor thing and just move on. And I was like, listen to your brother, Jackie, because <laughs> you're not getting an apology. OK, so then we're back in Lake George and Marge is telling everyone about the book deal that she just got and, you know, what kind of stuff is going to be in the book. And then she tells a story about how she slept with her boss when she was younger And Jennifer was kind of shaming her for like sharing this information with them and in the book. And I didn't like that. Like, I think it's good that she's sharing her story because so many people have gone through that same thing. Okay. So the Lake George trip is finally over and Marge and Jackie meet up. So they're talking about the rumor, of course. And Marge is like, well, Teresa's coming from a place of like, if it was me, I'd want to know. And it's like, okay, but she didn't tell Jackie. You know, she literally told everyone except for Jackie. (laughs) So that ain't it. And that's exactly what Jackie said. Now, what Marge said about Teresa being unfiltered and not thinking about the repercussions of what she says and like does is true. Teresa doesn't do much thinking about anything, if you ask me. Okay. So um, I think it was fucked up for Jackie to be like, oh, Marge, are you really that gullible? You're smarter than that. Because what she was trying to say without coming, without, you know, coming right out and saying it was, Teresa isn't smart enough to be calculating. She just says shit to try and fuck with people. And that's what she did. Um, I didn't see Marge's explanation for Teresa's actions as her defending Teresa, but Jackie did. And she's like, oh, you're giving her a pass. And like, I don't know how you can be so forgiving of someone who had you physically assaulted. And so she's talking about when Danielle dog walked Marge through the store last season. Um, 
because they were arguing or whatever. And <laughs> Teresa actually told Danielle to yank Marge's ponytail. And Teresa thought that they wouldn't air that on the show. And then she lost her shit on the cameraman and the producers. It was amazing. But um, anyway, let me get back on track. So if Jackie wants to bring that up, I'd be like, okay, well then why did you want to be friends with a bitch that would do something like that then? Don't try and turn this shit around on me. Like, don't do that. And Marge is like, well, forgiveness is about me, not the other person. And Jackie was like, okay, so do you forgive Danielle? And Marge was like, yeah, I'm over it. And Jackie was like, no, that's bullshit. And I'm just like, okay, you're being very annoying right now. If I was Marge, I'd be like, okay, it was good seeing you. Like, I didn't come here to be attacked or argue with you. So yeah. And then um, Jackie says that she's throwing a redo birthday party for Evan so he can actually enjoy it. And I'm like, but it looks like he did enjoy his first party. Like everyone had a great time. It was like the aftermath that was the issue. But like, go ahead and throw your little party, I guess. So then we see Michelle go over to Teresa's house and she's like taking photos of the house or whatever. And um, Teresa brings up the whole, you know, her saying that, Joe owes her husband money thing. And she's like, um, Melissa and Joe were at the party. So why not say something to them instead of saying it to Jen, this woman, you don't even really know her. Um, and it's interesting because (laughs) Teresa did the same thing with Jackie, you know, by telling everyone except for her about Evan allegedly cheating. But you know, anyway, Michelle's response is just not a good one. She's like, well, Jen asked me what I thought of Melissa. And I'm like, okay, well, what Joe does has nothing to do with Melissa, but carry on, I guess. And then in the next breath, she's like, well, you know what? It's something that the guys need to iron out on their own. And I don't want to get in the middle of it, but that's exactly what you did. (laughs) So like, make it make sense. Um, But surprisingly, Teresa's like, okay, well, I'm not going to list my house with you until this all gets cleared up because I feel uncomfortable. And I was like, oh, okay, Teresa, look at you having your brother's back. We'll see how long this lasts. (laughs) Oh, then we see uh, Evan's stupid redo party. And it's like, this is supposed to be a redo party since his first one was so terrible because of Teresa spreading the, the rumor that he cheats, right? So what the fuck is Jackie doing nothing but talking about the shit that she's supposed to be moving past? Like, Joe and Melissa show up and the first thing she says is, it was an analogy. And then she carries on talking about the rumor with them. Jackie says Teresa is low and disgusting and like all these other things. And, you know, Joe tries to defend her because that's his sister. And Evan and Jackie are like, oh, stop it. But like, no, that's his fucking sister. Like, what the fuck do you expect, bitch? Ugh. Then Marge, Joe, Jen, Dolores, and Frank show up, and Jackie just continues to talk about the rumor and Teresa. And if you actually wanted to act like this party was a redo, you would shut your mouth about it and talk about literally anything else. Like, this is just so stupid. So stupid. Um, and that's it for them. Now, Summer House. Lindsay is still going off about Stephen Stravi and, you know, her disappointing birthday celebration that he planned. Meanwhile, he is left without a word. He shady dipped and Lindsay has no idea. So then Kyle comes inside and he is crying. And I'm thinking he's crying about Carl, but he's crying about Stephen Stravi. 
He's like, I just feel so bad for him. And he loves her and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I'm very confused. <laughs> like, why is he so upset about this? It does not make any sense to me. Um, and then we see Hannah is in Sierra's room and Sierra's on the phone telling, <laughs> telling her friend all about like all the crazy shit that happened that night. And then we've got Luke in his room playing the guitar and singing, which I need for that to stop. <laughs> That's got to stop now. Okay. So then Kyle goes up to Lindsay and he's like, oh my God, Lindsay, I'm so sorry. And she's like, what are you apologizing for? And he's like, Steven Stravi just left. And surprisingly, she's like, okay, am I supposed to cry about it? And I was like, well, I I was expecting to see that or like a blow up or something. But she's like, if he's going to leave me on my birthday without a word, then that's fine. So she was like, can we just, you know, have fun tonight and finish like celebrating my birthday? So that's what they do. And Amanda actually went up to Hannah and she apologized and then Hannah apologized too. So now they've squashed their shit and Amanda told Kyle about it. And he's like, okay, good for you, but I will not be going down that same apology road. So just understand that. (laughs) I was like, that's fair. So Lindsay says that she's done with Steven Stravi because he left her and she has abandonment issues. And I totally forgot that her mom left her as a child. So that makes him leaving the way that he did even worse, if you ask me, because he knows about all that stuff and what that would do to her. So it just really sucks. But, um, you know, they end up talking eventually and he sends her flowers and she thinks it's sweet. So she is not over it. But I don't think we actually, you know, thought that. Um, We also see Hannah talking to Des on the phone, who is her now fiance. So I was like, oh, he is going to make an appearance on the show. All right. Interesting. Um, Then we see Amanda, Sierra, and Paige, and they're hanging out. And Sierra talks about her relationship with her dad and how it changed after um, he and her mom got divorced. So with his next relationship, he asked Sierra if she liked his new fiance and she was like, no. And then he uninvited her and her sister from their wedding, which is a really shitty. And then they didn't speak for four years. And it's just really sad. And she was getting upset as she was talking about it. And she says, you know, they talk now, but it's just like once a month. And it's not like what it was before because she used to be daddy's girl. And she just wants them to be close again. And I just feel really bad for her. Poor thing. Um, Then we see Paige and Hannah hanging out in bed watching Love Island, which, you know, spoke to my soul. And, And everyone else is hanging out outside and they're playing music out of this giant speaker. Okay, so... Paige or Hannah, I'm unclear who actually did the texting, but they sent um, a text to the group asking if they could turn down the music because everyone doesn't want to hear that shit blaring, okay? So Amanda goes to turn down the music and Kyle loses it. He's like, no, we are not turning down the music. We work hard all week, unlike them, and we want to let loose, so fuck them. Okay, here's the thing. This this is about respect and being considerate. You want Hannah to be considerate and clean up after herself and help out around the house because you don't want to live in filth, right? That's totally fair. So if she wants you to turn the music down a little bit because she doesn't want to feel like she's in the middle of a fucking club while she's trying to watch Love Island and chill, you should be considerate and turn the music down a bit period. It's very simple. Okay. (sighs) 
But, you know, he's he's acting like it's just like this whole ridiculous thing. And I'm wondering if it's just because Hannah's involved. Like, would he be that way if Luke asked him to turn the music down or something? Just, I don't know. I don't know. It's just annoying. Turn the fucking music down. So, in other news, uh, Lindsay is a freak. <laughs> but we already knew this, right? So, she gave Stephen Stravi a homework assignment, basically, to put all of his thoughts together and figure out what he needs to do to make things work with her. So, naturally, he puts together a PowerPoint with pie charts, graphs, and clip art to explain how they can make their relationship work. (laughs) My jaw is still on the floor. Like, I'm not kidding. Danielle looked at that shit and she was like, I don't know what to do with this because I don't even know what I'm looking at. (laughs) And I was like, same. So, you know, she's basically calling her a freak too. But we love that freak, okay? So then um, they set up this like cute little day club party outside. Like it's it's very cute. I would really like to go there. Okay. <laughs> so they're all having fun. But you know, then Hannah Kyle fight rages on. Kyle is being passive aggressive and he's telling them, don't play the music too loud. And it's like, okay. So they're like, all right, do you have something that you need to say to us? And he doesn't say anything. And that's annoying because he does have something to say. If you have something to say, then you should fucking say it. And I just feel bad for Amanda because she's in the middle of them. And Hannah's like, Amanda, I'm sorry for, you know, talking shit. I recognize that you defend me a lot when it comes to Kyle. And I was like, oh, Okay, thank you for acknowledging that because that's what was really bugging me about the whole situation <laughs> as far as, you know, Hannah coming for Amanda before. But um, when Amanda tries to talk some sense into Kyle, he is not hearing it. The whole thing sucks. So Kyle and Sierra are having a conversation and the next thing you know, Hannah yells something smart at Kyle and then they just start screaming at each other. And Hannah is still holding on to the fact that Kyle uninvited her from the wedding. <laughs> Just so silly. And then Kyle yells that Hannah isn't a good friend to people, which I'm going to have to agree with based on how she's treated Amanda, okay? And they yell some more, and then Hannah storms off. Meanwhile, Amanda's just laying in the grass, trying her hardest to disassociate. (laughs) Bless her. And then Carl comes back. Yay, I missed him. And I... (laughs) I never thought I would say those words, but here we are. (laughs) We really are living in crazy times, (laughs) y'all. And that was the end of the episode. The mid-season trailer is wild. It looks like Luke and Carl are going to get into a fight or something, like physically. It's a mess. I'm just loving this season so, so much. Thank God for Summer House and thank God for y'all. I love y'all so much for listening. I will talk to you again next week. Bye.